together, together in a divided world. I want to talk today about John's view of missions, the Apostle John, and we'll look at some scriptures from the Gospel of John and some for Revelation as we talk about who we are as a Southern Baptist church. As Southern Baptists, we are unapologetically evangelical and unapologetically fueled by church planting, by evangelism, by missions. It is what we do. It is who we are. And we support over 7,000 missionaries worldwide. About 3,500 of them in the United States, about 3,500 of them internationally, and we support them through a couple different ways. One, our cooperative program. Our church, every time you give, gives a portion of that that goes beyond our church wall. Six percent of our undesignated gifts go to our Kansas, Nebraska Convention of Southern Baptists. Of that, 28 percent goes on to the Southern Baptist Convention Executive Board. Of that, 50 percent goes to the International Mission Board, 25 percent the North American Mission Board. So a part of everything you give here goes all the way around the world for missions. But then we have three special missions offerings every year. In Easter time, we have our Annie Armstrong Easter offering for North American missions. In September, we have our Viola Webb uh, State Missions offering for Kansas-Nebraska missions and planting churches here. And then this season of the year, starting today throughout the month of December, we'll emphasize our Lottie Moon Christmas offering for international missions. And so those are how we fund it, but more than that is how we pray to support and what we do. So today's sermon takes a cue from John Piper's book, Let the Nations Be Glad. We're reading that book and remembering how he had drawn out this picture. I went back and uh, using the scriptures that Piper shares with us as we consider being together in a divided world and again, the Apostle John's view of missions. So your first point on your outline today is bringing other sheep also. Bringing other sheep also. And uh, if you've got your uh, bulletin, it's on the back there, uh, your sermon notes. But you can also find that in the Version Bible app under events and Southview is where to find these notes. But bringing other sheep also. And that comes from John chapter 10, verse 16. In John chapter 10, Jesus is talking about being the good shepherd and his flock. And you'll note that in verse 16, he says, I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen, I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. This passage of Scripture complements what we're going to read in just a moment in John 11 and Revelation 5. And other sheep that are not of this sheep pen or of this sheep fold, this sheep pen or this sheep fold, Jesus is talking about Israel, His nation, So when he's talking about other sheep, he's talking about all the people of the world, no matter the nation, tribe, or tongue that they are from. And he says, I must bring them also. In the Greek, that's a strong affirmation that Jesus will do it and that there are chosen people to believe in Jesus of every tribe, tongue, and nation. So your second point is gathering the scattered children of God. Gathering the scattered children of God. And that comes from John chapter 11. If you look there with me in John chapter 11. We've had the death of Lazarus. Uh, Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead. Then there's this plot to kill Jesus because, well, he's honing in on the Jewish religious leaders. 
And notice what it says there as Caiaphas has admonished the angry Jewish leaders to get rid of Jesus, to end the life of one man lest it ruins the life of lots of people, that John comments in verses 51 and 52. And in verse 52, he says, and not only for the nation, but also for the scattered children of God to bring them together to make them one. John says, not just for the nation of Israel, but for the scattered children of God to make them one. John is talking about people from every race, every tribe, every tongue that are scattered all over the globe that speak different languages. And he has this vision that all peoples, no matter where we're from, no matter what our language is, no matter the color of our skin, would be one in Christ Jesus. It gets even better. It gets better as we go along and we turn to the book of Revelation. And the first scripture we're going to look at in Revelation is Revelation chapter 5, verse 9 and 10. And that third point on your outline is enjoying the redeemed of every tribe. We're bringing together the other sheep. We're gathering together the scattered children. But now what you see in the Revelation chapter 5, verse 9 is this picture of enjoying the other Uh, the redeemed of every tribe. It's a glimpse of people of all nations worshiping God at His throne. And the composition of those worshiping God at His throne in heaven, eternity, glory, is what we want to focus on. Revelation chapter 5, verse 9 and 10, I'm talking to you about it, but I didn't even turn there myself. I can turn there real quick as you've got it on the screen or in your own Bible. It says that you were worthy to take the scroll and open its seals because you were slain with your blood. You purchased men for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. You made them to to serve our God and they will reign on earth forever. This idea of redemption, the purchasing back By the blood of Jesus, all people of every tribe, every tongue, every nation, that it is universal, that Jesus died for everyone. And it is definite that all people will be around the throne worshiping Jesus. Therefore, it presents to us this missionary task that though we live in Lincoln, Nebraska, And though we may never go to another nation, though we may never speak another language, we have a part to do in the missionary task because we are believers in Jesus. And as believers in Jesus, we are part of the great missionary task to do something that every tribe and every tongue might be enjoyed worshiping together around the throne of God in heaven for eternity Now, we've got four more passages from the uh, book of Revelations, and we're going to go through those in the next few minutes here. And the fourth one is this, the fourth total, is wearing the right robes of worship. We've got this amazing picture. I preached on this one last year at this time. And this vision that John has from Revelation chapter 7, verse 9 and 10. And let's read that together. He says, after this, I looked before me. And there was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, 
tribe, people, and language standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and holding their palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. God's purpose is that He would be worshipped by all peoples. Therefore, our missionary task is to share the gospel with all peoples. Their white robes symbolize purity. Their palm branches symbolize victory. And they are crying out, salvation belongs to our God. And the Lamb who sits on the throne. That's a small picture of what heaven is going to be like. I don't know about you, but that is exciting to me. It makes my heart flutter and makes my eyes well with tears and my throat fill up as I imagine what it'll be like in glory. Where people that I've never met before will stand beside me and I'll say, where did you live? What time did you live? When did you trust Jesus as your Savior? How did you get here? Who told you about Jesus? Where are they? I want to thank them too. Can you imagine what eternity will be like? Wearing the white robes and worshiping Jesus, your fifth point on your outline today, is proclaiming the gospel to every nation. Proclaiming the gospel to every nation. As you turn over to Revelation chapter 14, we see a different picture, also a vision of John as he's recording these revelations from God. And it says there in verse 6 and 7, John writing, he says, Then I saw another angel flying in midair, and he had the eternal gospel to proclaim to those who live on earth, to every nation, tribe, language, and people. He said in a loud voice, Fear God and give Him glory, because the hour of His judgment has come. Worship Him who made the heavens and the earth and the sea and the springs of water. This nation, or this angel, is proclaiming the gospel to every nation. In Greek, it's panethnos, all peoples, not just individuals, nations. When we talk about evangelism, evangelism means to share the good news. And that's something that we generally do one-on-one, that one person shares the good news with another. There is mass evangelism where one person might share the good news with lots of people, whether it's on radio or face-to-face or something like that. But most often, it's one-on-one. But when we talk about missions, it is the mission of the church to share the good news with entire groups of people, that individuals from that group of people might come to know Jesus as their Savior. Which leads us to our sixth point, welcoming the worship of all nations. The angels proclaimed to all the nations, and all the nations will be welcomed together, and that's from Revelation chapter 15, verse 3 through 4. Revelation Chapter 15, verse 3 says, And they sang the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb. Great and marvelous are your deeds, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are your ways, King of the ages. Who will not fear you, O Lord, and bring glory to your name? For you alone are holy. All nations will come before you and worship before you. For your righteous acts have been revealed. All nations, panta ta ethne, a different way to say it, all people groups, everyone. John has this vision of every people group in the world worshiping God in eternity, which leads us to our seventh point. 
dwelling in heaven together forever. When someone trusts Jesus as their personal Savior and Lord, they are given the Holy Spirit here on earth, and they are given the promise of abundant life here on earth, but they're also given the guarantee, the promise of eternal life in heaven. And we will dwell together in heaven forever. And from the very end of your Bible, Revelation chapter 21, the penultimate chapter of the Bible, you see in verses 1 through 4, John talking about the new Jerusalem. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first earth and the uh, first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. That's heaven he's talking about, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them. They will be His people, and God Himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. Wow. What is heaven going to be like? It's going to be like that. We've looked at our survey of seven different scriptures and now I've got one question to ask us, because these seven scriptures really lead to one question, and that's this one. Since God clearly desires people from every group, every people group to be saved, what's our part? I should have said that first person to you, what is, or second person, I guess it would be, what is your part? Or first person, what is my part? Not someone else's part, not the job of someone else, not the job of the missionaries, not the job of those who are called to go to other places or to plant churches here or to share the gospel or have the gift of evangelism, but what is the part, what is the job of you and me and every believer in Jesus of this great global missions endeavor? What is our job? Now, you could freak out about this a little bit, and you could say, Pastor, I don't know what my job is. i got seven quick answers for you right here. Here's the first one. The first thing we can do, all of us can do, pray. Amen. Thank you. We can pray. No matter who you are, no matter where you are, you can pray. Now, you can play, pray a generic, what we call, God bless the missionaries prayer, but wouldn't it be so much better if you knew a missionary face-to-face? -face? You know Angel and Vanessa, right? You know, Zuri, you can pray for them. You know, Pastor Anthony down here on the front row planning a church in Hickman, you can pray for him. You can pray for missionaries all over the world if you know them. If you want to get to know a missionary, find out, ask me, we'll point you in the right direction. You can pray for missionaries. The second thing you can do is give. No matter who you are, no matter what amount of money you have is you can give. You think about how you might give for our Lottie Moon Christmas offering for International Mission Board. And look at $10 would provide one month of missionary training. $100 can provide supplies for missionaries to serve in a refugee camp. $300 provides a one-year license renewal for a missionary doctor. $2,500 provides one year of homeschool curriculum for missionary kids. Those are just some small examples that when you give to our International Mission Board, some amazing things happen. Let's move to the third thing that any of us can do. Go. You might be sitting here today going, um, Pastor Aaron, 
I don't have a theology degree. I, I don't know the Bible. You know, our International Mission Board needs more people like you than it does like me. It needs people that have business training. It needs people that have medical training. It needs people that have educational training. So you go using that professional skill and ability you have, and that is your platform to serve in a country to be able to share the gospel. Any of you can go, and let's look at some ways you might go. We've got a slide on that as well. There and high school students even have ways to go serve with our International Mission Board. Now, oh, there's a gap year program, collegiate summer or semester thing, the Young Adult Journeyman Program, two years after college. That's what I did 20 years ago. Professionals, as I mentioned, can be go in different ways on short-term missions. Career missionaries, where you're appointed to go and you might serve for decades overseas with our International Mission Board. And even retirees, there are ways you can go for a couple weeks or a couple months or a couple years to serve our Lord in missions through our international mission board so that's our third thing to do is go here's the fourth thing you can do you can send if God doesn't call you to go you can be a part of sending as a part of Southview Baptist Church, we are a sending church with our North American Mission Board because we're sending Cosecha. We're a part of sending our church in Hickman. We're a part of sending missionaries all over the world, and you can be a part of sending. Let's look at that slide, and that talks about how we can advocate the impacts of going. In the last year, we've had 86,000 baptisms with our International Mission Board, 247 new people groups engaged, appointed 422 new missionaries, had almost 800,000 people hear the gospel witness, had 127,000 church leaders changed, 144,000 new believers in Jesus, and 18,000 new churches planted by our International Mission Board in just the last year. Isn't that amazing? And we can advocate for that and we can send. Let's go to our fifth point, and that's advocate. Advocate means that you take an active role, not just in sending, but telling others about a missionary, a people group, or about missions itself, is we advocate for the Lord. And that gives us our next slide there on strategies. There, our International Mission Board wants to send out an additional 500 missionaries in the next five years. And mobilize 500 global missionary partners, that's churches like us. Engage 75 global cities. Mobilize 75% of Southern Baptist churches to prayerfully and financially support the IMB. We're already part of that. And increase giving to the IMB by 6% annually. In order to do all those other things, you've got to have prayer support, but you've also got to have financial support. That's how all of us can be a part of advocating for missions. Let's move to our sixth point is to partner. We can partner. We can partner through all of these means. Let's look at our slide there that illustrates that. Together, we want to reach the nations. We've seen through what John wrote in the Gospel of John and in Revelation today that it is undeniable that God has called us to be a part of reaching all peoples with the Gospel. But together, we share the Great Commission and partnering. And that's our seventh and final point. We do all these things together. Though God may call one person to be a missionary, though God may call one family to be a missionary, it's something that we all do together because we are a part of their call. We are a part of sending them. We are a part of supporting them prayerfully and financially. We are a part of partnering with them. If God calls us to go on short-term trips with them or send them supplies or whatever, there are all these things that we can do together. Which leads to our final slide. Let's advance 
God's kingdom together. Though our world is divided, God has called us to this mission together. Would you pray with me? Our Father in heaven, you have called us to be on missions and you have called us to be on missions together. That there is nothing that we have to do alone, even if you call us to go serve somewhere. We have the support of our brothers and sisters in Christ. So God, our Father, we rejoice before you today for all that you've called us to do. And it's my prayer, if there's any brother or sister here today that you're calling to commit their lives to serve you in missions, that they would surrender to that today and let us know so we can rejoice with them and talk about how to partner and send them. God, it's my prayer, if there's anyone here today who's never trusted Jesus as their personal Savior and Lord, they would do that. And again, they'd let us know so we can rejoice with them. Whatever you call us to do, Father, we pray that we would obey you in the name of Jesus, everyone said. Amen.